Watch, here is prayer 101. So many people are taught to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take them. Bada boom, bada bing, amen. We jump into bed. We're never taught to shut our mouth for a few minutes and open our spirit and see if God will respond to us in prayer. I'm Terry Knighton, pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, and I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to kick off a brand new teaching uh, on this particular episode. It comes from the book of Genesis. If you'd like to turn over there, Genesis chapter 22, we're going to begin to share with you about God's plan. Did you know God has a plan for your life? God has a plan for your life, and it's revealed in the Word of God, and we want to help you understand that. Now, let me take just a moment before we actually get into the teaching uh, to say this to you. Christians are being persecuted all over our country today. I'm talking about the United States of America. Christians are being persecuted. There are some folks that are being persecuted within their own churches today as denominational leadership has changed what the church believes in terms of what the Bible teaches, and they've just tried to cram that down people's throats and enforce uh, that upon people. And some of you listening will say, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Others know exactly what I'm talking about. Here's the challenge. I want to encourage you to know what your church stands for and know whether or not your church is preaching and teaching the Word of God, the Bible, and sticking by its eternal and age-old principles. Uh, if not, I would encourage you to find a place that is honoring the Word of God. Now listen, I'm not here to try to tell you my church is better than your church. It's not all about that or pointing fingers. But these are turbulent times that, that we live in. This is a perverse generation we live in. And people are, are being uh, tested. They're being, uh, being persecuted in unprecedented ways right here in our own community today by certain church leadership that has chosen to go some other direction. So be encouraged to find a place where the Word of God is being preached, where it's being taught. Please don't be like so many that say, hey, all churches are alike. They're all full of hypocrites, and I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Let me tell you, they're not all alike, and they're not all full of hypocrites. The church is full of born-again, spirit-filled people that have been renewed on the inside, and they're following after Jesus. And there are hundreds of them, thousands of them, in every community that you know of, certainly here in our own community. People that love the Lord have experienced a salvation, a renewal inside, and they are worshiping the Lord together week after week, holding one another accountable and fellowshipping together, and I would encourage you to be a part of that. Well, let's go to the message. I told you Genesis chapter 22 would provide the backdrop. I'm going to read one verse in your hearing. 
Actually, just kind of part of it. Verse 1 puts it this way. Genesis 22, verse number 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. God called him by name. And we'll see what he said to him as we get into this teaching. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now. And I pray in Jesus' name whether they're listening live or sometime later, whether through their television set or some uh, other form of media, the Internet, Facebook, YouTube, whatever the case might be, I pray that by your word you would speak to each one. And Lord, we'll be careful to praise you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. You keep your Bibles handy. We'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. On the way to the plan, I am speaking to you this morning for a few minutes, maybe a couple of hours, we'll see, but my intentions are a few minutes, on the theme of something that is inevitable for the follower of Christ. Now, I want you to catch this. If you are desiring to be a follower of Christ, you need to know this, and that inevitable thing is Seasons of testing. Seasons of testing. Those seasons come forth at the behest of God's, or at the behest of God for various and sundry reasons. Mostly the test come, the test comes to the believer because God is trying to help us. The test comes to help us. Us. Why does the test come? Tell your neighbor, the test comes to help us. Now, I want you to hang on to that. I think that I am safe to say to you, had it not been for test in school, when I was in school, then most of my classmates would not have learned a cotton-picking thing. Pastor Terry, what do you mean by all that? The test held us accountable. How many of you know when the teacher says, Friday, you're going to be tested on what I'm talking about on Tuesday, it would behoove you to prepare for the test on Friday. Amen? Amen. Now, if she said, Friday, we're going to take a test, and Friday rolled around and there was no test, guess what I'm going to do next Tuesday? Exactly what I did do most of the time. If it had not been for tests in school, most of us wouldn't have learned a thing. The tests hold us accountable and provide a mechanism for us to better ourselves. I heard Pastor Adrian Rogers uh, on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and he said something like this, that his daddy had said to him, Adrian, you need a spanking or you need a whipping. And Mr. Rogers, Pastor Rogers, who has been in heaven for a number of years now, but he responded, I didn't want a whipping, but my daddy said I needed one. Are you with me? Didn't want a whipping, but my daddy said I needed one. I would say that most of us did not want a, you can fill in the blanks, I'm going to say a history test on Friday, but we needed it. Are you with me? You following me so far? By the way, I thought that was a brilliant introduction. Look at your neighbor and say, he is waxing brilliant today. Already, and I've just started. 
Now listen, at the end of our time this morning, I pray that everyone in the sound of my voice will have this utmost confidence that when God Almighty facilitates a season of testing for you, you can know that he will provide for you through the crucible and beyond, through the time of testing and beyond. So with that, go with me to Genesis 22. Look at verse 1 once again. Here's what we read. Sometime later, later than chapter 21, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He, God, said to him, God said to Abraham, Abraham. God called him by name. Think about that. God called him by name. Fill the number one study note in with me, if you would, please. I want you to get this. God knows your name. God knows your name. And instead of putting your in the blank, if you put that in there, just scratch that out and put my in there in great big letters. God knows my name. You may even want to put your name in there, whatever your name is. God knows your name. In fact, John tells us in chapter 16 of his gospel account that Jesus calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Does that encourage you just a little bit? Beloved, there is confidence and assurance that comes by that knowledge, I would suggest to you, for the born-again person, for the spirit-filled person, before we enter any time of testing, we need to pause as we see that time coming and speak forth, God knows my name. I see a trial on the horizon, I need to remind myself that God knows my name. Whatever it is we see coming down the road, as we see the dust kicking up, if, as the case might be, I am certain that God is the protector of me from the inside out and that God is in control of this season of testing. Now, somebody that I'm speaking to right now, you're not all that confident about this. You're not all that sure about this. You enter a time of testing with hesitancy, and you are under the impression that when you are born again, spirit-filled, and you start going to church, then you'll never have another trial, another time of testing, as long as you live. Will you wake up Wake up. There is no such thing as going through this life without trials, without times of testing, without being prepared as we are on the way to the plan. Are you with me so far? Still with me? God knew his name. There's confidence in that. Then look at chapter 22, the first, or actually the latter part of verse, verse 1. We nearly got there. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and uh, Abraham responds, here I am. I love that. Abraham, here I am. Have you ever spoken to someone and because they weren't paying any attention to you, 
They weren't listening for your voice. They did not respond to you. I had that happen this week. And uh, this, this is what happens quite often nowadays. Don't move, camera people. I'll be right back. For those of you listening by way of live stream, hi, I'm back. Does this look familiar to you? Did you see the a picture posted on Facebook this week of this church that asked everybody to come up and put their cellular device on the altar? What a gesture. Why did I tell you that? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> no, I know why I told you that. The person I was speaking to was doing this. They weren't listening for my voice. So I had to call out again. Isn't it annoying when that happens? Perhaps you heard of the story of, I hope you haven't heard it because I hate it when you've already heard my stories. Perhaps I preached it another time and forgot. But there were two friends talking, just happened to be two ladies. They were BF. F's. Somebody explained to Pastor Harley what that is. And one said to the other, girlfriend, men never listen properly. To which the other said, what do you mean? And she responded, well, the other day, my husband said, I've lost my keys again. And I blurted out or just responded to him, they're in, it's in your genes. To which he responded, don't you be dragging my family into this. <laughs> I'd say he wasn't listening properly. Can I get an amen right there? Study note number two for you this morning is a question for you. Here we go. Are you, and you might want to scratch out you and put I over top of that. Are I, am I listening properly to God? Or am I listening to God properly? Pastor Terry, what is that? What does it mean to be listening to God properly? It's just this. Put this in the second blank. It's listening with expectation. Listening, expecting to hear from God. Watch, here is prayer 101. So many people are taught to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Bada boom, bada bing, amen, we jump into bed. We're never taught to shut our mouth for a few minutes and open our spirit and see if God will respond to us in prayer. expecting to hear from God. Are you listening properly to God? Are you listening with an expectation that he is going to speak back? He knows whether you are or not. And I believe this. I believe that expectant persons, proper listeners, do hear from God. I believe that. 
And I believe it not only for me, I believe it for you and all of those that are out there somewhere in TV land and live stream land and whatever land uh, that's listening. If you learn to listen properly and expect to hear from God, I believe that those people do hear from God. Now listen, sometimes God just speaks forthright and you know that voice. Most of the time, God speaks through what, church? Through His Word. That's why Pastor Terry encourages you to read that thing. Because that's the way God is going to speak to you most of the time. On occasion, God speaks through other persons. Is there a possibility that God could speak to you through Pastor Terry this morning? More than a possibility. That's why we do what we're doing. By the way, I didn't invent this. God come up with this thing called preaching. On occasion, God speaks to us through other persons. God even speaks, watch this, when necessary through observed experiences. You're just walking along minding your own business. And hark, there's an experience taking place out there in front of you. And you can learn from that. God can speak to you through that experience. Does that make sense? Told you all that to tell you this. Abraham responded. He was listening properly. He said, here I am. Fill in number three with me if you would, please. When Abraham acknowledged God's call, you check me out on this. Then God responded by putting forth a plan. And I believe that order is significant. He acknowledged God's call. Abraham, here, here I am. And then God put forth a plan. What was that plan? I'm glad you asked. Go with me to Genesis 22 and verse number 2. It says, then God said, take your son your only son at that time, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And let me park right there for just a sec. Let me help you understand. Isaac was not a despised son. He was a beloved son. This boy was his father's pride and joy. How many daddies we have here this morning? Say amen. How many daddies we have that have a boy? Say amen. amen. Aren't they your pride and joy? Don't you just love them? Abraham loved this boy. He cherished this youngin. Abraham knew that that boy's future had a promise in it. Okay? So there was something going on here. Abraham also loved God. Abraham also knew that God loved him. And if you don't know that, let me see your eyeballs right now. Whoever you are, and in particular, if you're listening by way of live stream, God loves you. Preacher, you don't know what I did. I don't have to know what you did. I know what Jesus did, and I know what he said. He demonstrated his love for you, even while we're yet sinners, by dying on the cross. Who did he do that for? Say me. That's right. Whoever you are. He knew God loved him. God had already asked of Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham, to do something that most persons would never do. 
If you're quick enough on the draw, you can go back to chapter 12. I'm not going to take you all the way back there. But chapter 12, verse 1 tells us something like this. Uh, God said to Abram, Abraham, leave your country. Leave where you are. Leave your people. Leave your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. I'm not even going to tell you what that land is yet. But I will show you, you just take the necessary steps. In other words, God is saying, Abraham, I want you to walk away from everything that you are familiar with. Are you listening to me this morning? I want you to walk away from everything that you are familiar with and walk into something that I will show you later, something that you know nothing of presently. Now, here's the amazing thing, and this is amazing. Abraham did it. He did it. How many of you know God calls a lot of people, and they don't do it? God says to a lot of people, go here, and they say, no. Go there, not me. Go here, there. I'm hearing things. Abraham did it. He left it all to follow God's call. And now, God is really attempting to prove something that I believe he already knew. That is that Abraham was passionately committed to the call. Look at the latter part of verse 2. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. We now know from other stories it was Mount Moriah, and I may tell you a little bit more about that later in the message. Before I get there, let me explain a couple of things to you about verse 2. First of all, God did not actually mention the word sacrifice to Abraham. Stay with me right here. It is implied in the Hebrew word law literally means that which ascends or that which goes up like going up in smoke, literally like going up in smoke. The original puts it like this. God said to Abraham, offer him there as a burnt offering. A burnt offering. That's something we do not know a whole lot about today unless you have studied the Old Testament, which I would encourage you to, to understand these things. Do you remember Noah from the Old Testament? Noah's burnt offerings were the first recorded offerings. You can read about that in Genesis chapter 8. There is a very good possibility. A lot of scholars agree that uh, uh, Abel's offering was also a burnt offering. That was earlier in chapter 4. I'm not preaching on that right now. I just wanted you to know that burnt offerings is a common, more than a common theme under the old covenant dispensation. Now, beloved, in my humble opinion, there is not much more that is appealing to the sense, to the smell sensation of a human being, nothing that smells much better than a good old thick ribeye being grilled up on the grill. Can I get an amen right there? Hmm? Isn't that a terrible thing to talk about on Sunday morning? Can you smell it? Ah, oh, it's that time of the year. You don't have to wonder what the neighbors are having for supper because you can smell it. It smells wonderful. Now listen, 
the burnt offering not only put forth smoke that titillated the nostrils of God, watch this, but the sentiment and the action of that offering moves God mightily. You see, the burnt offering, and I'm headed to round number four on your study notes. The burnt offering was not a tithe. It was not simply a tenth part. It wasn't that God received a tenth part and the offerer kept the other nine tenths. It was rather a complete offering with the exception of the hide or the skin, which served as a covering. There's another sermon there. Now, what did all of this, what did the burnt offering symbolize? It symbolizes, watch this, it's very important. It symbolized that the offerer, the presenter, was yielding totally, completely to God. Now, beloved, I want you to understand this. The offering itself, the, the item itself was not the focus. What you talking about? I'm talking about just that. The offering itself that which was about to be burned up, that was not the focus. The focus was the heart of the offerer. Are you with me? Very important that you get that. See, you can bring anything and just kind of throw it down and walk off and continue to do what you were already doing. But this is a heart issue, and that's what God was getting at. Now, let me just kind of cut to the chase and ask you this. Why in the world... Would anyone? Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. Let me do so this way. Considering God's plan for your life, has God at some point in time, maybe even right now, has God asked you to give up something or to surrender something in your life? I want to reemphasize to you that if that be the case, then God always brings that back around as you surrender something or yield something to Him, kind of like you're sowing a seed, God always brings that around for good to those that are called according to His purpose. In other words, when we surrender parts of our life, God in turn blesses us with additional things that bring to us blessing, blessing and abundance. So I want to be an encouragement to you. Don't just see God as some mean old something out there that doesn't want you to have any fun doesn't want you to have anything, just wants to make sure that you're miserable. That's not the case at all. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus has come that we might have life and have that more abundantly. Life, full and overflowing. But there are times where God does have to, needs to prune certain things from our life in order to get us in position to be in receipt of the blessing that He has for us. I trust you'll take that and, uh, and be prayerful about that and continue to seek God as He moves in your life. I want to remind you that New Life Community Church has a regular schedule of activities. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, our primary worship celebration. We would love to see you. That's not just something that I say. We have people uh, at the doors at New Life looking for newcomers. You will be welcome. We'll usher you right on in. We look for you. We expect you. We will save you a seat. So come on out and be with us. We also have midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for the entire family. We have Children's Church on Wednesday night. That's right. Uh, we believe in children. We have youth activities on Wednesday night, really a kind of a, a mover and shaker type 
a youth group here right now. And then the adults have a small group gatherings on Wednesday night. Something for every member of the family. I have to get out of here. I am Terry Knight, and I want to encourage you, beloved, and remind you that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back 